Charlie Brown? He's doing the chop, baby! Oh, no! What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. I just eat. I just eat and I eat. Yeah, I don't know how many Swiss cake rolls I've had today. Are you counting? I'm not counting. I think they come, and it's interesting with Swiss cake rolls because I think there's six packages, but there's actually 12 individual cake rolls, but they come two in a package. So if you eat two boxes, and I'm not saying I've had two boxes today, but if you eat two boxes of Swiss cake rolls, how many Swiss cake rolls have you had? Have you had 12 packages? Have you had 24 Swiss cake rolls? I mean, I'm, I don't have a Swiss cake roll right now. I mean, well, not that you know. Hmm. Man. No, I just, I just eat and eat. I don't touch any humans, um, but I I touch my lips to Swiss cake rolls at a, what I would argue is a rapid pace. It's probably not healthy. All right. All right, everybody. Let's get started. Hello. From the Dyer Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode six. Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know? Facebook page. Find it, hit the blue thumb. Follow the podcast there. Podcast merch. Clink. uh, Clink. Show notes. Link, click the link, check out the swag. There's some WVU basketball news in this pandemic. And the big news is West Virginia has its Big East opponent for the Big 12, Big East, or Big East, Big 12. I don't know which big is first. I know it's a challenge, and I know that challenge doesn't happen in one day. It happens in, it could happen in uh, over the course of one to three months. But anyways, it's the second year of this, and West Virginia is going to play Georgetown. And it's always exciting, you know, for West Virginia to get paired up with a Big East team. It's fun because, you know, the other Big 12 teams, they've never been in a conference with, you know, DePaul. Texas has not been conference uh, conference friends with uh, Creighton. WVU, for the most part, been in the same conference with these Big East teams. And so West Virginia does have a history with Georgetown. West Virginia last played Georgetown in the first round of the NIT in 2014, the farewell tour of Aaron Harris and Terry Henderson. And that game happened in... Usually they play in where the Wizards play, right? That year in 2014, they played in, and I may be wrong on this, 
I think it was at a YMCA somewhere in DC. <laughs> like between six and eight hundred people were there. Again, I'm I'm guessing. But anyways, so it's been a few years. And then West Virginia used to play Georgetown at least once a year. West Virginia is 11 and 18 all time versus Georgetown. When West Virginia moved over to the Big East Conference in basketball away from the Atlantic 10, the first year they played Georgetown, guess who they got to play? Guess who was on Georgetown? They had Allen Iverson. Have you heard of that guy? <laughs> Freshman Allen Iverson, pre-Cornrose Allen Iverson. Let's just say West Virginia did not beat Allen Iverson while he was in college. But and they and when West Virginia was in the Big East to begin with, Georgetown's coach was John Thompson, which was a who was a gigantic man. And I would describe John Thompson as uh what's the right word? Intimidating. Like John Thompson in the stare down versus Gail Catlett. I guess Gail Catlett had an intimidating side. Uh, but John Thompson wins the intimidating challenge when West Virginia got into the Big East. Other guys West Virginia played against uh, that played for Georgetown that you probably heard of. Mike Sweetney. You remember Mike Sweetney? He was like 6'7", 300. <laughs> he was a big dude. Roy Hibbert, Jeff Green, Patrick Ewing Jr. Patrick Ewing's now the head coach. Maybe Patrick Ewing Jr. is an assistant coach. I don't know. Chris Wright, Greg Monroe, Austin Freeman. I remember Austin Freeman because I think he had type 2 diabetes. And if he didn't, I apologize to Austin Freeman. John Thompson III. That intimidating John Thompson, I think of him as John Thompson Sr. Not the case. John Tom intimidating John Thompson's dad is John Thompson Sr. He's John Thompson Jr. And then John Thompson the third, who coached at Princeton and then came to Georgetown. That guy coached for Georgetown for a while. And so those are blasts from the past with Georgetown. <laughs> I like the Georgetown uniform, the gray, the gray and the navy blue. It's uh, I like it. My personal opinion. Where is John Thompson the third? By the way, do you know? This is a kind of a quiz question. I'll give you some time to think about it, and you probably don't know. He actually works for the Washington Wizards. He's in player development. So props to John Thompson the third. Anyways, the, the best Georgetown game I can remember is the 2010 Big East Final. Uh, the conference final with West Virginia, you know, won that game on a Deshaun Butler shot at the end. So, West Virginia. Now, where is this game played? WVU Georgia versus Georgetown? Because if you recall, in the first annual Big 12 Big East Challenge that lasted longer than two days or one day, WVU went to New York to play St. John's. And so obviously, I'm going to say obviously in the in the spirit in which the word uh, is intended, obviously should be playing Georgetown at the Coliseum. Because in the challenge last year, they went on the road. So this year, obviously, they should play at home. 
guess what? WVU, for the second year of the challenge, is going to go on the road again. They're going to play Georgetown in D.C., and it could be at a YMCA. It could be at the arena that the Wizards play. Who knows? But Georgetown's hosting that. Go figure, you know? If you had to guess one of the 10 Big 12 teams would uh, get the wrong end of scheduling, you're good, and we have a bias because we. Uh, I'm putting you in the boat of of my boat of following WVU and liking WVU and having a WVU bias. So if you say uh, a Big Twelve team really got messed up in the schedule, and when I say really messed up, this isn't a a big deal. It's one game out of roughly thirty games, but still, there things work a certain way, right? And yet the Biggies Big 12 Challenge, they can't figure it out. Oklahoma and WVU, both going on the road for the second year in a row. Iowa State and TCU get back-to-back home games in this challenge. TCU's got that dumb court, and we all know it's dumb. And they get rewarded for a dumb court having the Big East Big 12 Challenge hosted in Fort Worth two years in a row. How do you that? Okay, I'm like, you've got you've got names of schools in each conference. You've got, if they were a home team or a road team last year. And then what you do, and there's different ways you can do that. Then you can do another column on the sheet of paper and say, okay, well, WVU went on the road to St. John's last year. They don't have to play St. John's again. They could play another. There's so many Big East teams. But what we do know as a group, whoever's scheduling this, is we're going to put WVU at home. Nope. That didn't happen. TCU and Iowa State, like four of the 10 Big 12 teams didn't just do the opposite of last year. They got it wrong 40%. (laughs) Whoever scheduled this challenge, they got it wrong almost half. So whoever schedules it next year, first of all, I'm assuming WVU is going to go on the road every time this thing is played, okay? And just I'm going to assume that, and you can surprise me by having WVU host one of these games. or do whatever method you choose, but ensure, and you could do this, that if a team hosts the game one year, they go on the road the next, and if they're on the road one year, the next year, they host the game. You have my contact information. If you're one of these folks that scheduled this challenge, you have my information. If you've gotten to this podcast, and I can't imagine you have, But if you've caught wind of this and you need help, you're like, I don't know what Josh is talking about. Contact me. I'll walk you through the process. All right? Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor for Unreasonable Doubt. The full name of the company is Dyer Prime Creative Group. You know what one of those words 
means creative. Think about like think about people in your life that you would consider creative. It stands out, right? Some people are creative, some people less creative. We're all capable of creativity. Some excel more than others. And I would argue that Dyer Prime Creative Group excels at being creative. Coming up with custom designs, putting them on t-shirts, sweatshirts, embroidering them. You get the picture. Call or text them to find out more how Dyer Prime can be creative for you. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web at DyerPrime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. I have a technology dilemma. That's probably not a dilemma. Uh, but some big news from Apple. And I think I've told you on this podcast. More than a hundred of the episodes of this podcast were recorded in some form using a iPhone SE. And I love the iPhone SE. And then I dropped the iPhone SE and broke it, shattered the glass or whatever. It, it didn't work. So, and you don't insure an iPhone SE and everybody knows that, right? You don't, you don't put Apple care or private insurance or put it in your homeowner's insurance you just let it ride. And if you drop it, those are the brakes. You see what I did there? <laughs> anyway, so it drops. So I could have got a, uh, what is it? A scratch and dented iPhone SE because I don't think they make them hot off the presses anymore. Until now. So I had an i. So then I up, upgraded. I'm putting that in air quotes to an iPhone Seven. It's bigger than an iPhone SE, and I got use of that. And I put a military grade. It's not a big deal, and I'm not bragging, but I put a military grade uh, iPhone case on that for the iPhone Seven. Now Apple has announced the new iPhone SE. And so just for a few months, I've had an iPhone 7. Life's all about timing, right? So what do you do? Do you upgrade, give Apple your iPhone 7 to get the iPhone SE at a reduced cost? Because I guess what I'm telling you, this is not even a dilemma, really. I have to have an iPhone SE in my life. I've learned that in the last couple of months. The iPhone 7, I don't like it as much as the iPhone SE. Bigger screen. That's it. That's the only thing I can think of that's better than the iPhone SE. Now there's a new iPhone SE. And it's got the same chip as the iPhone 11 or whatever number it is right now. And you can do the portrait mode. And you can, and you can get the Google app on iPhone SE, the new one. Listen, this is how awesome the iPhone SE is, okay? And I don't know if anybody's talking about this. You know what? You know what? You know who's good at marketing? Apple. They have catchy commercials. Even going back to the 90s, they did that 
uh, commercial back when like there weren't even like mouses for computers, and they did like uh, 1984, the book commercial, and it was really cool. They've been doing. They had Albert Einstein on a unicycle or whatever, and then like, and then the word was like think different or whatever. They've long been in the game of being good at marketing. So they got very smart people choosing names for the products that Apple has available, right? And sometimes they change names on things, right? Like it was the old Apple computer. The one I had uh, in my classroom was the uh, Macintosh, okay? They didn't stick with that. Then they changed it to the iMac. Those big, gigantic things that they came in different colors. But it had like a cool circle mouse or whatever. Then it's now it's just a Mac. Now it's just your desktop Mac or whatever, right? So they're into changing names on stuff, right? Some things they don't change the name, you know? The MacBook. It's just been the MacBook, right? That's just what it is. And you can put a different word on it at the end. But a MacBook's a MacBook, right? iPod, that came out. They had newer iPods. But they didn't put a number to it like these iPhones. It wasn't, oh, what's your... And you know what? The iPhones, they don't even... The iPhones, they have numbers. And sometimes they skip numbers. Sometimes they add a letter. Sometimes they don't. They could care less. That's how, how much they think about the iPhone. For the numbered versions. All right? But they got in the room. They said, hey, we want to come out with a new budget phone. What are we going to call this one? The last time we did a budget phone, we called it the iPhone SE. What are we going to do this time? And all the smart marketing people was in the room. And I'm guessing somebody said, you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Everybody knows the power of the of the name iPhone SE. Let's just run that back. It was so awesome the first time and it's so timeless. Let's just keep it iPhone SE and everybody will know what that is. An amazing phone. So some things stay the same because they have that much power. There you can't improve it. I and I don't even know what the SE stands for. It might not stand for anything. It's just two letters that when you hear them, you think, that's the best phone. Okay, which phone would you like? Would you like the iPhone 11? Or would you like the iPhone SE? Well, I'm curious about those letters, you know? <laughs> you know, it's, it's um, you can't do better. And so if I could have not dropped my phone, then naturally I would have moved from iPhone SE to iPhone SE. I would have upgraded my SE. Now, what do I do? I have a soon-to-be teenager. Do I do the hand-me-down of my iPhone 7 and then and then purchase two? I'm not bragging. Purchase two Apple phones within a calendar year, something I've never done in my life. 
But drastic times call for drastic measures. How many times? <laughs> How many new iPhone SEs are there going to be? Because the last time they made an iPhone SE, that was on the market for uh, years. And for an Apple product to be out there for years, especially an iPhone, then that's um, that's not the normal. The shelf life is like six months on these things. So this one's going to last, uh, my guess, this version of the iPhone SE is going to last the world until the year 2038. That's my prediction. And so can I get the iPhone SE now and then use that phone and it still be relevant for 18 years? I think it's possible. Or do I go super value, keep the iPhone 7, tell my daughter to take a hike and then hold on to the 7 for its natural life until they come out with an operating system where iPhone 7 doesn't make the list, forcing my hand to go to the iPhone SE and then have it last longer than 2038 or whatever year I said. There's so many options. But what I'm telling you is iPhone SE is forever. And I can't wait to get my hands on another iPhone <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on another iPhone SE. And I can't be the only one. Final thoughts coming up. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. No, what I'm saying, no. I don't think, I'll explain it one more time. So you look at that uh, square that the Swiss cake roll is on. I guess it's, it could be, It maybe it's not exactly a square. But when you take the Swiss cake roll off that, that paper square, usually you'll leave like a line in the middle of, of, uh, of shell and cake. And when like, and you're looking at that and you know what I do with that. I scrape it with my finger and eat it. But what if the lottery for their scratch off tickets, somebody, right. So picture like you in like, an edible lottery ticket is what I'm saying. And you scratch the ticket. And instead of just that silver stuff that gets on your hands, you have like Swiss cake roll lines. So not, so like worst case scenario, you're eating the shell of a Swiss roll cake or a Swiss cake roll. And best case scenario, you're eating that. And you won like three bucks to get three more. And then, you know, and then just increase the chances of winning to where you've scratched 25 lottery tickets and you've ate the equivalent of two Swiss cake rolls or one package. I don't think, well, don't look at me like that's not something that a human has ever thought about. Cause I don't think that's fair. 
Mm. It is the best. And I've seen you eat a Swiss cake roll. You don't eat this part. And you're doing it wrong. Okay? And nobody... Like, the, the clear plastic, that just goes in the trash. But you got to make sure your square piece of paper is clean. Cause that's some good that's some good shell right there. No, you never you know, you don't get cream on that. It's just chocolate. But I don't know how that works with this with this pandemic stuff. Should I be uh eating Swiss cake roll remnants off of my fingernail? Or I can do that, but then I gotta go wash my hands. I don't know. All right. Okay, last segment. Let's really let's really do this. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. If you haven't listened to off-season episode five, the quarantine meal draft, you need to check that out. But I've got another food topic. It's a great thing happening here uh, around the city of Charleston. I live in Nitro, but in Charleston, uh, Buzz, the folks that make Buzz buttered steaks, I don't know what their real company name is, Buzz Meat Products or whatever. But they've been giving out these meat packs that seem to be at a discount, frozen meat. They usually sell to like restaurants and stuff, but they sell to the public. You get this big box of frozen meat and it's yummy and it's helping a local company out and it's great. So we got one as a gift here recently. And I think in every one of these buzz boxes is a box of buzz buttered steaks. And if you're from West Virginia, you've probably heard of a buzz buttered steak. They sell them at the at the grocery store. They come in a box. And it's as described. You look at the ingredients and it says steak and butter. Right? And when you look at a buzz buttered steak, it looks like a square hamburger patty. But it's a, like a steak patty with a frozen square piece of butter in it. Uh, on top, all right, and the butter's only on one side. Hey, Buzz, not that you've been doing this for a while. You know your product. Maybe put a stick of butter if you're freezing it. Stick of butter on the other side. Double butter. Anyway, so I have had very few Buzz buttered steaks in my life. I had one today. It was delicious, but I felt like an idiot. Googling buzz buttered steak recipes. And maybe I'm overthinking this, you know? Because there's no directions on the box. It's just, uh, you know, just make sure you cook it through is Buzz's recommendation, which I made sure I did. But the internet, what I thought before today is that the internet had Everything that you're looking for, that you could ever think of, haven't thought of, it's all on the internet. It's all there. And yet today, what I found is one thing is not on the internet. And it's, if you Google buzz buttered steak recipes... Uh, spoiler alert, you're not going to find any. 
I mean, I guess my question to, to the audience, if you've had a buzz butter steak, am I overthinking this? Is what you do with a buzz butter steak is you fry it up in a pan and put it between two pieces of bread or a bun and eat it? And that's the recipe? Or is there is there things that you can do with a frozen uh, piece of steak with with butter on it? And I thought the latter, and what I'm saying is that it doesn't exist. So one of two things have to happen. Either somebody needs to tell me where it's at on the dark web, because what here's the other thing I know about the internet. If it's not on the regular internet, it's on the dark web. And mostly that's usually a negative connotation if it's on the dark web. But in this case, I think it'd be a positive. It'd be one of those positive things for some reason, not on the regular internet, but on the dark web. So give me some pointers on how to get to the dark web or the more logical thing, Buzz or somebody, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe it's something that I've got to do it myself, come up with buzz, buzz buttered steak recipes and put it on the internet. But thank you, Buzz, for what you're doing. <laughs> That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms, just or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Pandora, CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. Do that. Then when new episodes come up, it goes right to your phone or whatever you're listening to, your iPhone SE. And then you don't you don't even have to turn the volume up. Just hit play. Then it shows that you've uh, that you've listened on my side, and then that makes me feel better about myself. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2019-2020 season. They had 21 wins, 10 losses. Ah!